When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. Hour two of the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon. Time to get in some NFL talk. We're still going to talk, of course, Texas, Kansas with you and everybody on the text line. 512 447 3776 is the new number. If you haven't changed over to the new number, it's a 512-447-3776. Make sure to send us, if you have not sent us in, the nickname that you want to go by. If you if it's the one you went on on the old text line or if it's new, we haven't been able to change it in a while. We can change it much easier in there. We can see it from wherever we're at. Uh, speaking of wherever we're at, uh, Ty Henderson, Aaron Hogan are out at Little Woodrow's Parmer Lane doing some giveaways, some really nice giveaways, doing some beer uh, special beer prices, all that good stuff. They're going to rejoin the show in just a little bit. I want to get to some of your texts, though, before we go back out to them. Uh, we did ask you, Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day, on the text line, 512-447-3776. Uh, we asked you the question, which senior for Texas has been the most impressive this season? Kind of looking at guys who uh, you want to see step up this week and step up next week. These two weeks are big for Texas. You know, they've had some good games against Kansas and some bad games. These seniors have seen it all. They've been a part of this. They don't want to be part of the rebuild. They want to be the finished product that wins a Big 12 title that goes to the college football playoff. So they want to be doing that. Uh, we did get uh, some more text that we have to go. we got to go with Ford there from Rye Guy from New Mexico. Uh, good text from our friend Coach Rodney from Rosebud Lots. Uh, I believe all the seniors are playing like seniors and uh, should they're and should they play with heart and determination, which trickled down, but they want to go out as Big 12 champions, and they're playing that way. That's exactly what we want to see is more play of Big 12 champions. We did say Day Drinker 77 tuning in. We get a Jade Barron on there. Our man Chief Engineer, who says that uh, the Little Woodrow's Palmer Lane is in his neighborhood. So, you know, maybe he'll swing by. Who knows? He may pop over there. We'll go tell him to get Ty and buy Ty some shots and get him, get him all ready for uh, – for the weekend. Uh, Drew would fit on the Pels and a trade for Zion. I don't, I don't think they're going to trade Zion Williamson for uh, the Pels. I like, the, I like the, the going for it part of it, but I think if they were to trade Zion, they'd want a ton for it. I don't think the, the, the Trailblazers in a place to give up a bunch to get Zion Williamson. They already have Jeremy Grant, who they kind of like, and I get Zion could be better, but that's a big risky move when you just got Scoot Henderson, who's supposed to be the guy. Jay Wood is my pick for Chan. After all he's been through, moreover, he's always utilized, always amazing they stayed on the 40 acres. Jay Witt as a leader, as someone who's been on there, and someone who opens up more runs for wide receivers and running backs than anybody else, the best like blocking wide receiver probably in college football. Jalen Ford, senior of the year, and bad phone Jim there. Appreciate you hitting us up. We got Bo saying Jay Witt, he's going to surprise him. We get another one for Tavondre Sweat from Freak Nasty ATX. Uh, yeah, uh, and you say might beat the punter. Come on, Freak Nasty, might be the punter. You can keep joining the conversation. 512-447-3776. Uh, 
Uh, Scarlett says he's going with the heart and the soul of the defense. Jalen Ford, I like that one, Scarlett, too. Jalen Ford seems like I mean, he should have been Defensive Player of the Year last year, so I like that answer as well. One against some NFL talk, our friends, Ty Henderson, Aaron Hogan, out at Little Woodrow's Palmer Lane, hanging out till 7 o'clock with our friends of Bud Light, uh, getting you ready for Thursday night football. And, uh, you know, they're all, you can hear them every morning, but I, I get to talk to them in the afternoon, which is always fun to do. Uh, you guys, uh, are, are, is the crowd really getting ready for Thursday night football? I know it's Packers and Lions. There's, uh, do we got any Packers and Lions fans out there so far? Uh, I'm not seeing any Packers or Lions jerseys so far, but it's definitely filling up in here. Uh, drinks are flowing. Bud Lights are flowing. I, I, we got to know if Packers fans are fully on board on Jordan Love now. I feel like you have to be fully on board on Jordan Love. Uh, as he, what, as a Packers fan or just an NFL fan? As a Packers fan. Just, just as, as a, a Packers as a, as a, fan. Okay. I mean, yeah, you got to be. You gotta, I'm bought into Dak Prescott, and we all know he's not a very good quarterback. <laughs> so. Speaking of that, let's go to the Cowboys and talk a little Cowboys. They play the Patriots this week. We know the Patriots. Bill Belichick is a master on defense. He's going to show Dak Prescott all sorts of different looks and really try and confuse him, put him in a bad situation. I, I This is a game that seems a little dangerous if the tech if the Cowboys defense cannot play at the level they did the first three the first uh two weeks first three weeks if they're not able to play at that level and they play like they did against the Cardinals and you start to allow the you know Mac Jones or Ramondre Stevenson or even a Zeke and I know all the conversation about Zeke this week he's coming back he's gonna want to have a big game I, I think the D line is gonna be a question are they gonna be able to make these tackles but the O-line is the real point that you're worried about if you're a Cowboys fan right now. Because Tony Pollard right now has more rushes than any other player in the NFL at 62. You have an O-line that Biotish and Zach Martin are saying they're hoping to be back this week. Tyron Smith is probably not going to be back. Did not practice at all today. So that basically from center to left, uh, or center you get your right guard out, your left tackle, uh, all injured. And even if Zach Martin and Tyler Biotish play, they are beat up against a defense that could be coming at Dak Prescott, could be dropping back and giving you all the time in the world. We don't know what Bill Belichick will do to Dak Prescott. What's the plan of attack if you're Mike McCarthy, Ty, and you are looking to what you have to do to kind of go against this Bill Belichick, and you know Dak Prescott right now is, is hearing it from everybody, and he's heard it before. He's a leader. He knows what he's doing. But where do you go to protect Dak Prescott and, and get him back on the right path so he's starting to feel good again? I mean, we saw it in the second half against the Cardinals uh, when when they fully committed the run. Uh, this O line can they can they can perform to an at, like to, to a standard to which they they can win. Uh, obviously, last week that didn't happen. The defense showed up in the second half. I think the New England Patriots are a far better team than the Cardinals. Um, you know, Bill Belichick's gonna have some sleeves rolled up, or some tricks rolled up his sleeve defensively. But I'd still pound the rock in between the tackles and just hope you can lean on some of those more. More experienced guys on the O-line, like Tyler Smith, even though he's only made one start this year, and uh, your big man on the right side, Terrence Steele, who might be the best run-blocking tackle in the NFL. So uh, I'd, 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 see a, I'd like to see a heavier Dallas or Rico Dowdle uh, in the middle of the field this week, too, to relieve Tony Pollard some of those, uh, what do you say, 65 carries he's, he's gotten so far through three games? 62. 62 is the, is the most in uh, NFL because everybody has a uh, a – running back by committee that's the new way to do it in the nfl and no one gave the memo to the cowboys now saquon barkley may be in that race if he doesn't get hurt 
we give Saquon Barkley. That's not a really a running back by committee in, in New York anymore either. That's supposed to be Saquon's. He gets hurt, so he is not on that list either. Uh, but I, I'm more curious, at what, what point in the season you go up against this week four, if he continues this trend, I don't like the fact that when you don't have a backup running back, and I, like, I'm with you, I want to see Rico Dattle and Rico Dattle play a little bit more and see if he's usable or not. Like, you really need to know before the trade deadline if Rigo Dotto. So far, he has been. No, but he hasn't, he hasn't been able to carry the ball 10 times, right? So that's the question. Is he going to be able to take 10 carries away from, from uh, uh, Tony Pollard week to week? He needs to take at least 10 away. Or you have to run the ball less, and you don't want to run the ball that much less. So you need somebody to take some of the load off of Tony Pollard so he is not going to be beat up and worn down by the time you get to the postseason. You know, and then you get into the same problem you've had every year, that you win okay in the regular season and lose to the postseason. I think you need to be built for that. So I, I, I think I'm with you, Ty. Playing Rigo Dowdle this week, I'd like to see him get 10 carries, maybe a little bit more, and see if he can get that average up. If he can run the ball and he can average three and a half, four yards a carry, if he has shows the ability to try and break one, if he can be a receiver out there maybe too, if he shows a couple more weapons, and then you say, okay, we feel fine with him being a backup running back. We feel he's an actual backup running back in the league and not kind of a, a makeshift. We know Deuce Vaughn is going to be good at some point. He's going to be able to you know, be used at some point in his career. I don't know when that is. He hasn't looked really good as a feature back or as, a, as just a back in the backfield that doesn't have his own uh, package or play, something drawn up for him, basically. I, I don't know what you can do there. I, I, I just, it worries me that Mike McCarthy hasn't figured it out and you're going up against Bill Belichick. Is this a game that the defense can get back on track with and be able to take care of business to get the Cowboys another win? Uh, I mean, it's Mac Jones. That this, if you can't shut down the Patriot offense and the lack of weapons that they have on the outside, I, you got some real issues. Obviously, last week, Josh Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals rushed for 175 yards in the first half. I don't think we're going to see anything like that happen. But I am. this is one of those games where I am worried as a Cowboys fan. It's a five-and-a-half-point spread right now. I'm, I'm leaning towards taking the Patriots to at least cover that. I, I think they're in desperation mode um, after you know last week beating the Jets. But that was closer, a closer game than what Patriots fans probably would have liked. You know, It came down to Zach Wilson having the ball twice at the end of the game with a chance uh, to either go tie it or win it. So I, I'm worried. I, I, I'm I'm pretty worried as a Cowboys fan. If 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 I, the one thing I want to see this week is the Cowboys go at least 75 percent in the red zone, getting touchdowns. And that's that's it. the biggest you, thing. You want to see the red zone. I you just want to see the red zone offense look like there's plays drawn up that might work. So even if it is a incomplete pass to Ceedee Lamb in single coverage, I'm okay. I'm more okay with that than what it looked like, which was nobody's open and you can't run the ball, which is a real problem if you get in the red zone, that you're not even getting guys open. You're not even getting anybody where it is. And, if you, if, you, know, and you know, people have taken still shots and put them all over the Internet this week to make Dak Prescott to say he's the worst quarterback in the league and all that stuff here. But, and they go, look, Tony Pollard's open. You go, Tony Pollard's progression four. By the time progression four comes up, he's not open anymore. So you, know, you have to kind of check those out and, and change up the progressions. Hopefully they're working on that red zone. I know Mike McCarthy said earlier this week that, of course, that's going to be a huge uh, point of emphasis during practice. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I still think the Cowboys can win this game. But if they don't put Dak Prescott in a position to win and put him in a position to be a good player, 
then, you know, it's going to come down to this defense having to score points against the, the Patriots, not the way you'd like to be winning games if you're the Cowboys. We, we know that Ramondre Stevenson had a really bad game last week. He's going to be itching to come back out and try and prove it because that's why people are talking about Zeke this. We got 80 yards last week, uh, but that was mainly because Ramondre Stevenson was terrible. Couldn't get past the line of scrimmage. So we will see how uh, the, the Cowboys are able to bounce back. I, I, we'll go over to the Texans, and the opposite is happening for the Texans. Everyone on Cowboys Twitter is talking about how Dak Prescott is the worst quarterback to have ever suited up and played at any level of football, flag, Little League, anything. C.J. Stroud is now getting claims that he, they should already be fitting him for a gold jacket, which seems a bit premature to me. I don't know. I'm no expert on this, but I, I think three weeks in may be a little bit premature. Uh, he's one offensive rookie of the month. He's got. He's the first player to have 900 uh, passing yards, four passing touchdowns, and zero interceptions in his first three games. They're throwing the ball like crazy because Bobby Slowick doesn't know how to get the run game going. They have a really beat-up O-line. Uh, I, I'm actually kind of impressed he's only seventh in, in sacks that he's taken at 11. He's not first. That's kind of the Texans rookie thing. They just bring you in and they get you sacked all the time. Ty, can C.J. Stroud continue at this pace, or is this unmanageable? Well, I'm not going to lie, Patrick. The first um, <laughs> the first look I had at uh, C.J. Stroud was last week against the Jags. Uh, well, he did look great, though, and I, I haven't expected this at all, especially after a lackluster preseason um, for him. And I, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, like people are saying no, but I, I do think he could be a competent starter in this league and potentially lead the Texans to a playoffs. I need to see more before I claim that he could be a Super Bowl quarterback because uh, I've said it many times. I don't think Dak Prescott is. And right now, I mean, is he – Do you, Patrick, do you think C.J. Stroud right now is better than Dak Prescott? No. Because I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put him that because, again, we're three games in. And I know what Dak Prescott can do. Now, I, I would tell you if I was to take one, I'd take C.J. Stroud because I don't know what his ceiling is. I know what Dak Prescott's ceiling is. That's fair. Yes. So if I you're think, starting a franchise, you're taking C.J. Stroud. Yeah, because C.J. Stroud week, could be the greatest player to ever play football. We don't know because he's three games in. <laughs> he could also throw in five interceptions the next four weeks and be busted out and not be the starter next year. Both things are still very possible and on the table. I don't want to. I don't want to pretend that I'm saying that he's going to be the greatest. But we know Dak Prescott. We go. Dak Prescott is a guy who, if you put him in the right situations, can, has the uh, arm ability to make some good throws. He's a great leader off the field. And if you get him the right weapons, you can get him down and you can score. He's a great game manager. There's a lot of positives you can say about Dak Prescott, but we know he's never going to be, he's never going to lead an offense that's going to win a Super Bowl. Now this defense may win a Super Bowl and he's the quarterback on the other end. I think that's fully believable. But I, I think, and I think he's better than a Trent Dilfer or one of those guys or a Joe Flacco. I think he's a little bit better than that too. Uh, I'd like to see him run a little bit more because he is that, you know, it's part of the problem is they don't really, you don't want Cooper Rush to play seven weeks this year, but I'd like to see Dak run a little bit more. But C.J. Stroud, I'm just, with the three weeks you have, you have to think positive things right now that he's making good decisions. His, his accuracy right now when he gets his back foot down and he's not being hit, his accuracy is unbelievable. And that mid to, and the mid to long range passes, he is nailing people. And, and when you say Will Anderson's playing well, Tank Dell is killing it right now. The rookies for the, the Texans this year, you know, it's, it seems like they've done very well. It's, again, three games in. You look at their schedule for the Texans, it's not that difficult. The AFC South isn't great. Uh, the divisions they're playing against aren't great. So 
they they have a shot to win four or five games this season. Now, I think five is around your upside. It may change in a few weeks. So as good as C.J. Stroud's playing, I'm not predicting them to be a playoff team either. So that should tell you something about his ceiling. But I, I, I wonder, it's really curious to see if that first interception, and I wonder if you can put a bet on this, Ty, if you can find this out. If that first interception is a tip interception or a straight out just didn't see a guy interception. I, I, at this point, it seems like it's going to be a tip interception. So he's never going to throw a regular interception, Patrick? No, no, he will. I'm saying first one. <laughs> first I'm saying one. first one. He'll definitely, I, don't know, I don't think you can bet on that. That's really getting into the weeds there, but I'll, I'll look at yeah, it. No, but you. it's just, you know, you know the, the interception. I think, yeah, he's definitely going to throw interceptions. <laughs> Everybody does. And especially once you get – I think one of the bigger differences for the Texans right now is that, you know, and it may and it's going to start to change now that they get one win. But I think that in the first couple of weeks – when they were down, the goal wasn't necessarily bomb the ball downfield. We have to come back and win. It was take the right shots, build our team. And that helps you not throw interceptions is not forcing things when you have to. Like if you saw the end of that, uh, end of the Rams game on Monday night where he's just forcing the ball to Tutu over and over and over again. And you just say at some point you might throw a pick if you keep targeting the same guy and trying to force it in. I, I think the Texans have been – that's helped out C.J. Stroud some. But that's kind of what you want to do with Dak Prescott too is have the defense manage and then not ever put him in a position where he has to force anything. Uh, I, <laughs> do you think that, that offense can put them in that position though? The, the, the Cowboys? Yes. Do you think Dak can – I I, in every game this year, he's only thrown one interception, but I've seen him force a terrible pass in every game. Yeah, he the, has. The Sauce Gardner should have been a pick six. Uh, week one, I know there was at least one. That should have been an interception. I, I think you need he's Ferguson. He's shown the inability to – go ahead, sorry. I think you need Ferguson to step up. I, I think he's still a few games away from being where he needs to be at. Uh, you know, second half of the season, I think Fer- Jake Ferguson's going to be playing a little bit better, and that's going to help out Dak a ton to give him that outlet where he doesn't feel like he's just throwing the ball away again and again. He can go get seven or eight yards out of Ferguson. I don't think Ferguson's running those routes and has that connection down quite yet. And part of that's because you don't really have the preseason together, so you don't have that rapport. You only have it in practice, and practice in a game are way different. And I don't think Brandon Cooks and him have the connection that he had with Amari Cooper, which was kind of what you were hoping for, was what Amari Cooper and him had, where Amari Cooper just ran those routes perfectly. Brandon Cooks doesn't seem to have that quite down. And for whatever reason, at certain points in this game, C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks don't look bought into this offense. I don't know if that's just me reading too much into it because wide receivers tend to not look bought in or if there are points where they're like, we know what progression we are in this. And if I'm progression five, I don't want to run this dang route that, that Mike McCarthy's giving me. So no, I think, Patrick, I think it's because CeeDee Lamb is upset that Kellen Moore isn't trying to force the ball 50 yards down the field to him five times a game anymore. <laughs> well, Kellen Moore liked to force the ball 50 yards down the field to the third wide receiver. We know he loved third wide receivers. Noah Brown? <laughs> Noah Brown. Cedric Wilson? Exactly. I know. And Michael Gallup, who had a great game. And then that was the other thing is you can throw to Michael Gallup again. I'm like, come on, man. This is not how you're supposed to build a team is pay all these wide receivers a bunch of money and then just keep throwing to Michael Gallup over and over again. So it looks like the same, the same offense. Uh, before we get to the break, uh, I do want to bring up Justin Jefferson has brought up now that he says that media needs to drop the, uh, the talk about the Vikings making trades because, of course, the big one that everybody keeps bringing up is Kirk Cousins, and the Jets are the big name that everybody hates 
Zach Wilson that the report was that the defense is pissed off at Sala because he's a Zach Wilson apologist, which, <laughs> I mean, if you want to be, there's Dak Prescott apologists all over, but Zach Wilson apologists are few and far between. I, he might be the only one. He might be the only one right now. It's because he doesn't have anybody else. They signed Trevor Simeon. But the Kirk Cousins is if they want to go for it this season, that's a guy that may be able to go there. So I, I'm curious if if you see a straight Now, I, I've been on the record. I don't think they re I either think they re-sign Justin Jefferson and move him pretty quickly. I don't think Justin Jefferson is on this team in four years. Let's put it that way. I, I think that the way they're building it and everything else, I don't think he's part of their long-term rebuild. If they start to blow it up now, he may move sooner rather than later, which is nonsense and crazy. But, it, I mean, this franchise moved Randy Moss. This franchise moved Stephon Diggs. Justin Jefferson's better than, than Diggs for sure. But, I, I, you know, it's we'll see how it builds. They're, they're building it the backwards way. They didn't spend money on O-line. They didn't spend money on a running back. They're just trying to air the ball out. It's not a great plan. Uh, and I feel like it's not so much the coach as it is ownership and management. If you're going to get Jefferson, let's just throw him the ball 80 times a game because we're going to make him the highest paid wide receiver. Do the, do the Vikings make a trade and try and figure out another quarterback to see if Justin Jefferson really is the guy? And Hawkinson, they just paid a bunch of money, and Jordan Addison, who they just drafted, and say, well, maybe Kirk Cousins isn't the guy. We can go get a, a pick from, from uh, the Jets, and maybe we'll get somebody else in here. And we can try another quarterback. Do the Jets make a move? Or sorry, the Vikings make a move? I don't I don't think so. I think you ride it out the last year, Kirk Cousins contract. I think a little bit of Kevin McConnell's job and may, I am not sure who the GM there is. Um, but I think their jobs might be riding on the season. It is. Uh, so you, if you're 0 you and have 5, the weapons in place. If you're 0 if you're 0 and 5. If you're 0 and 5, yes. you trade Kirk Cousins, right? I'm just saying this week, not 0 this and 3. Week. Oh, and you don't consider it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, what, so 0-4, oh, and, oh, and 0-5 oh, is when you start to pull the trigger. 0-5, oh, I'd call it. I mean, that's one of the weakest divisions in football. I, I still, even though the odds are stacked against you at 0-4, oh, I, I still think you had a chance to maybe even win that division. Um, so, yeah, 0-5, oh, I start considering maybe trading Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, that's about where I would be, too, is I, I, I don't like doing it right away because, I you know, I don't know what other quarterback you're going to put in there that is going to be able to, like, are you going to go out and get Cam Newton? Or are you going to try and trade for Jameis Winston? Or are you going to, like, and what guy are you going out there to get that is going to be your, your placeholder until you draft another running, until uh, you draft another quarterback next year? Do you try and go, do you go sign Matt Corral now that he's out there? And, you know, apparently did not ever want to go to the Patriots, and we don't know. And, and hopefully, you know, he's not doing poorly. We know he struggled with mental health issues before and, you know, basically gets cut from the Panthers, gets on waivers, gets picked up by the Patriots, and then just doesn't really report. And so they put him on. Is that the, what happened there? Yeah, they put him on the non-injury. I think he talked to them. I don't think he just no-showed. But they they put him on the non-injury, and then they cut him. They let him go. So he's now a free agent. So if you're going to give him the starting job, that's somebody that maybe I don't know if he's – I don't know what problems he has going on that he may not be there to play this season. He may need to take a year off. But that that's somebody, if you're going to make that trade, it's just an interesting thing to talk about. All right. Uh, we're on the text line, 512-447-3776. Asking big, Patrick's big fat poll of the day, who has been the most impressive senior so far this year at Texas? 
Want to know, we're talking about the seniors who may have been there in 2021 and won a little retribution. It's not a retribution game. This is a game for Texas to go on to be in the Big 12. We want to know that. Uh, and if you haven't sent us your nickname for the, the new text line that we got, send in your nickname. We'll try and put all those in uh, as well and uh, give you guys shout-outs. I love Phil the Thrill is out there uh, reminding me, uh, giving us a lot of good talks. If UT allows Kansas to set the tone early, look out. If memory serves me correctly, Horns don't have a history of being a good come-from-behind team. They don't, but they were a really good fourth-quarter team. They were a really good fourth-quarter team a few times this season. So they've never been that. So they go... And uh, and guess Texans winning the last game of the season wasn't a bad thing after all. Go C.J. Stroud. They may have taken him number one overall. I do not know. None of us will ever know if that was a thing. That's what they said. But, yeah, Casario is going to say that now. You have to say it now. You can't be like, we wish we had the other guy who can't run a quarterback <laughs> sneak. And they're like, well, we can't. We're just going to put an Andy Dalton to run quarterback sneaks. <laughs> the dumbest thing. That's, that's embarrassing. Oh, it's so bad. All right, we're going to take a break. Keep texting in, 512-447-3776. Ty Henderson, Aaron Hogan are out at Little Woodrow's on Palmer Lane. They're giving away some really good prizes out there. So go up and say hey to the horn table. If you're out there and you can hear this on the speaker, go out there. If you're not there, go up there and find them. Uh, they're giving away some really good prizes and great drink specials from our friend at Bud Light. We'll be right back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Yeah, this is a story of famous dog. For the dog that chases its tail, we'll be busy. Back on the Sports Complex, Thursday afternoon. Join the conversation, 512-447-3776. Big Fat Poll of the Day asking you, who has been the most impressive senior for Texas so far this season? Being joined by Aaron Hogan, Ty Henderson out at Little Woodrow's, out at Parmer Lane, playing dog songs all week long. We've been playing dog songs since National Dog Week. I appreciate everybody texting in the dog pictures this week, too. It made the, the week go by a little bit faster seeing all your your lovely pups. We gotta end it with some George Clinton and some Atomic Dog. It's a required required listening Atomic Dog. You gotta listen to it. Uh, joining us out at Little Woodrow's, my man Aaron Hogan, Ty Henderson out there at Little Woodrow's, getting ready for Thursday night football tonight as the Lions take on the Packers. Lions, a slight favorite in this game. Uh, did the guys? Are we starting to get? Do we have any? Do we seem to have any edge of Lions or Packers fans or who people are rooting for out at, the, at Little Woodrow's Palmer Lane yet? Uh, not really. Not yet. I don't see any jerseys yet, Patrick. So they're, if they are Packers or Lions fans, they're indiscreet right now. They are not given their cover. <laughs> they're not blown. Uh, but they're not blown their cover yet. Uh, but, you know, this is a big game. I mean, the winner is in 3-1 uh, and one in the first place in that division. Vikings and uh, Bears are both 0-3. So this is a uh, pretty important game. Uh and, and you know the Packers were a huge have been a huge story with the Aaron Rodgers trade and all that, but uh, you know Jordan Love's been okay, and uh, Lions are kind of a trendy thing. So, uh, but the number that stands out is in the last 32 years, Patrick. Go back to 1991, the year I was a freshman in college at St. Edwards. In those 32 years, the Packers have you know, the Lions have won all of four times ever at Lambeau Field. Ooh. Four times ever at Lambeau Field. So, uh, huge challenge, and they're a favorite. 
by two points. They're so a two-point kind of, favorite. Uh, yeah. Uh, then they have not had a lot of success. But, you know, success. But, you know, the idea is it's a different team. It's Dan Campbell, uh, better. And the Packers are still trying to figure some things out with Jordan Love. Jordan Love. So, but that's a big number. That's a big trend. Four times in 32 years. Um, we'll see. That's been kind of a house of horrors for the Lions. But that organization has been a house of horrors regardless. Uh, so we'll see. That one uh, might be one you kind of lean on the points, maybe tease it up a little bit. I don't know, Patrick. I'm not giving betting advice on your show. <laughs> no, and look, I, I, I'll say that bad news for the Lions was good news for the Packers today that Aaron Jones has been cleared to play in this game. Christian Watson has been That's cleared important. to play. I mean, that running game has not looked good with just A.J. Dillon. Uh, the last few weeks, we know the Detroit Lions have basically shut down every running game so far. They shut down B. John Robinson, so they've been shutting they down did. everybody. Uh, at Detroit, this for this front for Detroit has been playing really, really good. So you, Aaron Jones coming back is a big help because otherwise, and I mean, it still might be a Jordan Love game that he's going to have to step up and throw the ball for 300 plus yards to win this game against the Lions. Uh, against the Lions, and I think that might be where the edge is a little bit to the Lions. At least they have some experience. And Jared Goff and Jordan Love is in a big game on national television on a Thursday night on a short week for a young guy. If he's able to get up and and get ready and be prepped enough and and know how to handle a short week, I'm sure this is it is clearly his first Thursday start because it's his first season as the starting quarterback. I I think that this is a uh, I, I think the Lions should win this game. They should be able to do this. Uh, Dave Montgomery is beat up as well. So you're gonna. I, we'll see if they lean to a little bit more on Jameer Gibbs this week. I, I'm really excited to see when they start to unleash Jameer Gibbs. Uh, all reports are kind of, they're kind of trying to bring him up slowly because they don't want to they don't want to overexpose him or overuse him too much or you know put him in situations that he's not going to be not favorable to him, which is fine. Except I own him in a couple fantasy leagues, so I'd prefer they use him a lot more personally. Uh-huh. But uh, is this if David Montgomery is banged up in this game? Is this a week where you could see Jameer Gibbs on a short week kind of get a little bit more use? Well, I think they have to with Montgomery banged up. And, you know, again, not to give betting advice on the sports complex, Patrick, but uh, might be one of those take the home team, tease the points up, and then tease the under, tease it up to 50 or so. Because I think this will be a lower-scoring game. Uh, it's just, you know, division opponents know each other so well. Uh, you know, they scout themselves all off season and they play twice a year. So there's no, and then you have a short week for game planning and, and, you know, healing up from the previous game. They both played real physical games last week with the Packers having to rally in that fourth quarter to beat the Saints and the Lions beating the, the Falcons. So probably a lower scoring game. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if, the, I, I agree with you, I think the Lions will win, but if you're already getting two points, if you tease it over to the touchdown, might be a smart way to go. But don't, don't yell at me tomorrow morning if I'm wrong. But it just feels like that lower scoring 21 20 kind of game, right? I mean, this this is the yeah. kind of games that, that I mean, the, the the Saints have played a weird game in, in Atlanta where they were up big in the late in the game and they let Atlanta and Desmond Ritter come back and beat them uh, 25-24. And then last week against the Saints, this past Sunday, they were up seven, they're down 17 to nothing, came back and won that game 18-17. So they're going to play close games. They like to keep it, keep it uh, lower scoring. Uh, and this isn't an Aaron Rodgers-led attack. So it's and, and getting Aaron Jones back and Christian Watson huge. I mean that's arguably their two biggest offensive weapons. I'm also interested tonight if you're watching. Uh, you know back in April we said leading up to the draft that it's one of the best tight end drafts in uh, a decade or so, and we saw Dalton Kincaid to the Bills. Yep. We also saw two big tight ends, Luke Musgrove Graves to the uh, uh, to the Packers, and his speed is a problem. Uh, he is a really he's from Oregon State. He's a big time 
speed threat. And then uh, Detroit traded T.J. Hawkinson last year, and they drafted a kid, Sam Laporta, out of Iowa. Uh, these are two of the best young rookie tight ends, and both teams use them a lot. Uh, so you can, you can kind of look at those two guys tonight. I know that's weird to watch rookie tight ends, but I do think there's going to be a, those guys will be a factor in this game because, I mean, Detroit's the more dynamic team, but I think right now Green Bay at home is the better defense. But you just mentioned the Lions last week impressively held the, held the Falcons to six points and really shut down Bijan and all that uh, weaponry in Atlanta. So uh, I just think this is a lower-scoring game, quarterback that makes fewer mistakes. Uh, and think about this for Detroit, Patrick. If you're right and they win this game, whether it's a field goal or – whatever the number is, uh, they're going to get Jamison Williams back, the receiver who's yeah. out for the first six games with the gambling. If they could get to 3-1, and one, be in first place in the division and kind of wait for him to get back to give him that next weapon to go with Laporta and Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, this all of a sudden becomes a real factor team in the NFC, in my opinion, if the defense continues to improve. And I'm eager to see the Packers. I just haven't seen them enough. I think they want to slow the game down. But Aaron Jones is their factor back. Uh, A.J. Dillon's kind of wear you down. They drafted him out of Boston College to be that guy. And it gets cold and gross in Lambeau Field to kind of just be that plotter. They need Aaron Jones to bring that explosion to their run game. Yeah, and I, I think that this is going to be a game that even, you know, Aaron Jones maybe come out. We know he's still going to be beat up. Montgomery's going to beat up. The defenses and D-lines for both these teams have been playing well. This is a game where I, I'm with you on tight ends because first downs are going to be at a premium in this game where you have to kind of just find whatever's there if you are if you go for it on first down and you run the ball and get two yards, and then on second down you have an incomplete pass, and those third and eights, tight ends can be really good in those situations. So seeing two young guys, if they're able to come out, I agree, it's going to be a really fun matchup to watch. Uh, before we go to break, I do want to get you, uh, your opinion on some MLB before we wrap up the show, because the Astros had a huge, huge win last night, Aaron, uh, beating the uh, – the Mariners, there was a the moment in the game, the, the Astros, uh, Dubon hits a big three-run shot to give him a, uh, to give him a lead. Then uh, it comes up to the, uh, the Mariners come back, and then we see Hector Neris strike out Julio Rodriguez, go talk trash over, walk towards him to talk trash, which it, you just don't see very often. They do it. It's it, You get worried because you don't want to wake the sleeping giant and Julio Rodriguez, who had not been playing well against the Astros in this series. You get a little bit worried about that, but it seemed to wake up the Astros, and they go on to win the game handily. What, what was your take on Hector Neris and him? He, well, after the game, he said he was trying to pump up his guys. Well, you know what? Sometimes you'll see it. You, you're a big NBA guy, Patrick. A coach will get ejected yep. just to pump up his team and – scare them a little bit. Uh, yeah, look, if anything needs woken up, it's the Astros right now because they're kind of sleepwalking through September, and it's frustrating for fans. That was a big series there. They had been 2-8 and eight against the Mariners going into that series this year, and they took that first game behind Verlander, stepping up in a big spot, and, uh, and, and reverted back with the three errors and the loss on, uh, on Tuesday. But, yeah, last night, huge win. Uh, and I, I got to mind that. I mean, they're not going to see Seattle again until next year. That's you know, long memories. They'll probably relive that a little bit early next year in their first meeting. But they won't play the Mariners again this year unless somehow they meet in the playoffs, and that seems unlikely right now. That was a huge win. That's the biggest game of the year for them. And, boy, how many times in the last, if you go back to the games the Astros have won of late, Mauricio Dubon had the big big hit against Baltimore to walk off that game. The Orioles, best team in the American League last uh, Thursday, I believe it was. Uh, they didn't beat the Royals once over the weekend. But then this, this big three-run homer, that was just such a 
because I, I feel like the Astros are are pressing now. Like they're, they're they they let those yeah. games get away and maybe weren't as focused and locked in as they should have been. And you know, I've talked about that that stretch from September 11th to September 17th where they lost five games to a couple of teams who are going to lose a combined 215 games this year in the A's and the Royals. That is unexplainable and un- inexcusable. And if that costs you a playoff spot, uh, shame on you if you're the defending world champions. But uh, that win last night I, puts them in a better spot without a doubt uh, to kind of separate with a game and a half. I mean, every win now matters. So to win that two out of three, I was really concerned going into Seattle, watching them get swept by the Royals last week and look really uh, kind of lame doing it. Uh, but, man, Mauricio Dubon, big time. I have no problem with Hector, Hector Neris. He's an emotional guy. That was a big strikeout. Julio Rodriguez went 0 for 9 in that series Oof. and 0 for 4 last night. So, uh, you know, that, that was a big spot for Houston, and we'll see if that gets them in. And I think we all agree once they get in, they're the most, most experienced team without a doubt because Baltimore is brand new to it. Tampa's obviously been there before. Minnesota. Because, look, if the Astros get into the sixth seed, Patrick, they're going to play Minnesota in that, in that yep. wild card round. And that's the team you'd like to play. Exactly. But the Astros got to figure out playing at home. I mean, it's actually better that the Twins will have home field advantage in that series if they get there because the Astros are three games under 500 at Minute Maid Park this year. That still is completely twilight zone stuff for me, that they're 20 games over 500 away from home and three games under uh, on, the, on the road. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. I, 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 it's... And they keep saying it's a batter's eye, and then you're—it's like, well, then change it. Then go figure well, it out and change the it. The opposing home. team, the other, <laughs> the opposing team has the same batter's eye. I mean, and, what is yeah. this? And it's a no. It makes zero sense. I, I don't get what their struggle has been. I, I will say the Dubon thing was one I was last night. I know there's a lot of people really getting on Dusty Baker right now. They don't like that he's not playing Yanni or Diaz at the rate they want to see him play. Chas McCormick, they're not seeing him play the rate. Uh, Dubon's a perfect example of a guy that he kind of brought up in a really good way and is now making impact because he didn't stick him out there when he was struggling a little bit more and get him exposed. So I, I think he's done some things pretty well. We, we know that he won a World Series last year, so I'll give him some credit where he is in a world where he is getting a lot of hate right now, which I understand. If you win the World Series and then don't make the playoffs, you're going to get some hate as a manager. Uh, but it is a little bit. The Rangers and Mariners kick off. Uh, they they pitch first pitch tonight. Uh, 8 p.m. pregame right here on the Horn. It is going to be a big game there. Montgomery versus Gilbert on the mounds. This is a series now where the, the Astros are kind of waiting. You'd like the Mariners to win, keep winning because you can now control your own fate, and it's the only way you win the AL West is if the Rangers lose. So if you want to get in there and, and skip the wild card altogether, you need the Mariners to win. Uh, but Julio Rodriguez, who is the, the guy for the Mariners, did not look in, good against the Astros. The Rangers look like they're going to be really hot. Uh, it's, you know, we, we, you just mentioned the, the only way the Mariners get in now because of that loss last night and a couple other wins is basically a three-way tie. The only thing the, the Mariners have going for them and the Rangers have going for them for the Astros maybe getting knocked out is that the Diamondbacks did lose today in early day game who the Astros will be playing the last series of the year, which means the Diamondbacks have not clinched yet, which means they need to win another game. Uh, which they probably don't need to. Someone else will lose, and they'll be fine. But they're they're still bringing their A game when they play against the Astros Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
No doubt, no doubt. I mean, they're right in the thick, and the Cubs are trying to blow it with all the blown leads here in the month of September. Historically bad bullpen for the for the Cubs, and uh, yeah, Diamondbacks. I mean, that's a real series for Houston, without a doubt. And but again, the, I, I feel good about Houston when I turn it on and they're on the road. I hate the the late starts for being a morning show guy. Yeah. But I mean, you just feel more confident when you turn them on at Minute Maid Park. You're like, these guys are going through the motions. I don't know what's going on with that deal, uh, but it is frustrating. And, you know, look, I, I, my, all my family, we got a big text chain about the Astros, and they all complain and bitch about Dusty Baker. And it's like, y'all, they just got to play. They won the World Series out here with, with Machete behind the plate and batting 200. It doesn't – this is about Alex Bregman quit grounding to third base and, and you know, put some, some big knocks on the board. Um, you know, the, the veteran players, you see Jordan hit a big home run in that series to get Tucker hit one to the, to the restaurant on Monday. They got to get those guys going. And Michael Brantley had four hits last night. Those are the kind of things you need to see because it's a player's league. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not buying the whole Dusty Baker hate that's out no, there right I, now. I think, uh, he's, he's, I think a lot of what people are missing out on, too, a lot of these younger teams like the Orioles and the Reds and a lot of these teams that are looking pretty good right now, there's something to be said that these younger guys can adapt to a pitch clock a lot better than some of the older guys who maybe their numbers are not the same and in batting positions and in, in key moments. The pitch clock has changed up something they've been doing for nine, ten years, and it's it's taken them to depth. It's definitely affected the, the Astros pitching staff. When we see Framber Valdez last night, at a certain point, not be able to put the ball anywhere near the strike zone and basically is able to finally get out of it, kind of correct it, and they pull him out of the game. I, I There is something where you just go, look, this team was used to one way of playing baseball. I'm all for the, the pitch clock, but it changes the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I just don't understand the road, road home split. I agree that, I don't too. think anybody on the Astros do. Uh, the pitch clock's the same on the road and home. Yep. I mean, it's just it's so bizarre. But, you know, I'm always a player's play coach's coach, and Dusty was the, the manager of the year last year, and they won the World Series and all that. Uh, I just think i got to see guys step up. And I watched the game last Saturday after the Longhorns beat up on Baylor. So I was watching both. And the Astros faced the Kansas City Royals with the worst pitcher in baseball, Jordan Lyles, who was a 17-game loser. Uh, this year with an ERA of almost seven, and they managed two soft singles in six innings. And I'm like, these guys are not even – like, what are you all doing? Like, uh. you're making him look like Cy Young out there. He's a, he's a, they're just an innings eater, and the Royals are going to lose 105 or six games this year. Don't tell me about Dusty Baker. You guys go have some good at-bats and take apart a bad pitcher at home in an important series, an important game. Uh, I'm not buying the Dusty Baker thing. There's something going on in that locker room that I don't understand. I don't know what that is. But at the same time, they still have a chance to play their way in. And I'll give the Rangers huge credit because uh, Chris Young, uh, the same time he acquired Max Scherzer, which was a risk to give up a top prospect to get him, and now he's hurt when you need him most. Um, you know, they got Jordan Montgomery going tonight, who they also acquired on that same day from St. Louis and that same trade deadline flurry. He's been their, their best, one of their best pitchers right now. He's been uh, really rock solid for them, uh, for, for the Rangers, and he pitches tonight. I think he's been outstanding. And give Chris Young credit because they went all in, and they went and got guys that can help them right now despite the injuries to DeGrom, despite the injury to Max Scherzer. Uh, Dane Dunning was great last night. Montgomery's been great. And, uh, you know, Corey Seager is, and, and Marcus Simeon have just been outstanding. they got Josh Young back in their lineup now. The young kid, Evan, uh, Evan, what's his, like, Evan Carter's come up and has been a jolt for them. Really like what Bruce Bochy's team's doing right now. They're hitting the accelerator at the right time. Yeah, they're doing really good. You can catch their pregame tonight at 8 o'clock, or you can go say, hey, you knew both. You can go say, hey, check out Thursday Night Football at Little Woodrow's Palmer Lane. Right, Aaron? That is right. Come on out. 
Uh, we're about to give away some college football tickets, Patrick. College football college tickets. Football tickets. We're also about to give away a uh, signed Steve Sarkeesian football. Uh, and it's all from our friends at Brown Distributing and Bud Lights. And uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully the Longhorns can find a win. I also remind you that uh, Bud Light will also be with us out on Saturday, Rod. Or excuse me, uh, Patrick, with Rod and myself. Rod will rejoin me from his maternity and uh, daddy duty. He's going to be with us at Mockingbird Saloon down there on Guadalupe Street, uh, Guadalupe, the drag, between 28th and 26th and 27th. We'll be there from noon to 2, getting you ready for Texas, Kansas, and looking forward already to that uh, Texas OU game with our friends at Bud Light. So it's been a great time out here. Come watch the game, or if you're any of the Little Woodrose locations, and drink your Bud Light tonight. There you go. Aaron Hogan out there, Ty Henderson out at Little Woodrose. we got to take one more break before we get out of here. Here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 and 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Yeah, we went way over there, but it's always fun talking to my man, Aaron Hogan, Ty Henderson out at Little Woodrow's uh, Palmer Lane. Huge thanks to them for joining the show all day. And uh, Bud Light's our friends over at Bud Light to, uh, to give away some great prizes and uh, hang out all day long. Fun show. Love everybody on the text line, 512-447-3776. If you haven't sent in your nickname, send it in now. I'll try and get them in before I leave the station tonight. Uh, appreciate you all playing along. It's always fun. Another big show tomorrow as we get you ready for the weekend. Uh, appreciate everybody who joined us. We'll be back tomorrow uh, talking a bunch more Texas, getting you ready, getting you ready for the slate of games in college and pro right here on the Sports Complex. So be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you tomorrow right back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn.